Joining me today, Mr. Adam Bullock. Uh, nice. Thank you so much for uh, being here with me. Of course. Another LinkedIn connection from a man from a very interesting world. So I'm like, super excited to hear your story and uh, just more about that. So uh, give yourself a brief introduction to all of our wonderful listeners. How many hours we got? Yeah. Too many? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. So my name is Adam D. Bullock. I'm a voice actor for animation commercials. So, you know, I've been doing that since about like 2016. So I've worked with independent filmmakers, content creators, local businesses. And as of July 17th, I've officially joined the Cartoon Network family in a, in a small little role in the show called Garbage Boy and Trash Can, which is actually featured as an original uh, show in Cartoon Network Africa. Okay. Because, you know, Cartoon Network actually has multiple different little subplatforms forms within right. their whole network. So I got to be a part of that, which is pretty big because it's their very first major, uh, T you know, TV show featuring, you know, out of Africa. Okay. Very and cool. So it's very big for their community. So, um, let's start there and then we'll work our way back. Sure. Um, how did you, what, what goes into getting a role in the voice acting world? A lot of stuff. Really? Um, and so I, and this is usually a conversation I have of other people that ask me a similar question or the same question. It's is that as far as getting roles, I mean, if you have like no experience at all, meaning if you have no acting experience, maybe you have no experience using technology or, sure. I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, I could say a lot, but I think the main thing is, I'm just going to say it again, is acting. Sure. See, a lot of people think, especially like on TikTok and YouTube, that if you know, oh, I can do this amazing oppression, I can instantly get money. I right, can instantly right. be doing this 24 seven, making a living with this. I don't have to work at my nine to five, just doing that. I mean, and I'm not going to diss anyone that does impressions. Cause I started a little bit, you know, my early high school days, learning impressions and creating voices. So I don't think it's like a bad thing that people do right, that right. kind of thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, it can help you, but it's not a be all end all. Sure. I mean, unless you're an expert content creator and you can make that work. And there are people that do impression videos and they make money with that, but still they had to learn the process. How do I create unique content that gets people in within those first three seconds and they stay on that video yeah. and then to get thousands of followers and then they get at sponsorship and so on and so forth. And so it's like, the real thing is, yeah, you gotta get, be a good actor. How you do that can be multiple ways. Some people come in from the live theater community. Some people come from on camera. Some people just come into like, you know, just like me and you kind of thing, like the average Joes and, you know, because they're fans of, you know, video games and cartoons and anime or right. whatever. And it's, that's why we get interested in it. But you have to get the necessary training in order to become a confident actor. Right. And once you're a confident actor, then you can actually go about getting even more training coaching to become a great voice actor. Cause there's okay. a difference between acting on stage and camera right. and acting behind like a microphone. Like we got right here. Right. Right. You know, so it's a totally different process. Cause some people actually when I've had this conversation say, you know, um, like, so like, I know acting's like, you know, this, this way, but basically, you know, like they would also say like, Oh, but I don't, they don't really believe voice acting is really acting. I'm like, no, it is a re uh, actor on stage and on camera will, will be able to see like their scene partner, their sets, the props, all that jazz. And that determines their acting right. in front of the camera. But when you're in a vocal booth 
or recording studio by yourself and maybe with a you know director in the booth with you, that's all you have. Yeah. You have to imagine all that in your head. And if you don't have that initial acting training that helps you develop that helps you develop that visual style or the visual mythology of how to interpret the script, then you can't do voice acting. So you really gotta start there. I mean, I could this whole episode could just be about what you should do, but I mean, I have other resources on my website, which is sure. www.adambullockvo.com. So, so check it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we'll plug that again at the end so everybody can. Um, but so when you're going through and you're reading a script, are you watching anything as well? Like I've seen some uh, videos of voice actors, right, where mm-hmm. they are kind of watching the scene as well. In your experience, is that anything or is it just is it really just reading and like getting excited, you know, like really acting that scene out from reading it. What's well, maybe it, both. It really depends on the production. You know, it's like, for example, like I remember I saw a behind the scenes video one time of like SpongeBob, right? Sure. But a lot, of, a lot of major animation projects do this where at first they could bring them into the recording studio to record, you know, a couple episodes or <laughs> however many they are. Yeah. And then it goes into the animation process. But then at some point they may actually go back into the booth again and to redub their own lines, sure. you know, and that I think just helps with clarity and matching up with what's on film with the animation. And that's not always the case. Like for, you know, Garbage Boy and Trash Can, you know, with the role I played, which was like the voices of some of the henchmen of one of the evil doers in the show. Um, I'd, I only just did one little recording session and then they cleaned up the lines, put it with the animation and then put it out there. So I didn't have to really come back and dub over that. But another form of dubbing is also what they do in anime where they take what was done overseas and they have, you know, Americans, Mm. you know, re voice in English. But even there, that's even a harder one that I haven't got into yet. I mean, it's still a character work, but it's, you know, it's also a time thing. Like you would be like, if you were in the booth, you would see like something like that on the TV screen and you would see, you know, the animation going, but they have like a timer. It would be like, boop, boop, boop. And that after that last boop, you have to start talking. Sure. And you have to pace it along because they animate differently. You know, those mouths of those animated characters don't exactly have articulated expressions with their mouths. Right. Compared to like something on Cartoon Network. Right. So it's a different pacing. And that's just like another layer of multitasking you have to do in your brain while you're visualizing what's actually happening based on the script. Interesting. So, uh, did you happen to see the Netflix movie Squid Games at all? No. Okay. So, if you get a chance, check it out. It's it's, it's pretty good, but that was filmed in Korea originally. Mm-hmm. And then so but you could watch it with subtitles as well, but it was dubbed over. Yeah. But that was and obviously they're speaking a different language. Of course. But it's so well done. When I first started watching, it took me a second to mm. really realize, like, oh, the lips are off, all that stuff. So that's that's very interesting uh, to me to to kind of just get the the image out there right. of doing voice acting. I think, you know, you kind of touched on it, people who have maybe a unique voice, right? I think of several people, myself, somebody else, one of my good friends I do a podcast with. People always tell Jeff, like, oh, you should do all this voice acting, right? And it's. We just have raspy voices. We're just good at talking, right? Like that's it. And so some people, but how does one find themselves getting into voice acting? I guess, how does Adam get into voice acting? Where did it start for you? 
Uh, like I said, well, for me, like I said, it started back in, in my early days, back in high school. That's really where I discovered what voice acting was. Yeah. So I usually tell the same story to everyone, but a shortened version. So basically back then, that was like the early days of uh, DVDs and all that. Yeah. Where basically, you know, they had the early behind the scenes features and it's like before pre YouTube and all that. So I'm like, I mean, we had the internet, but you know, YouTube was just slowly coming out and it, you know, didn't have all the content it has now, Correct. but I just started watching all the behind scenes features of all these movies that I would rent from blockbuster. Remember blockbuster kids? Yeah, I do. And, um, one day I'll, I never, I can never, uh, I can never remember, um, exactly when, you know, sorry, I can never remember what movie I was watching, but I was just watching these men and women in recording studio doing these characters in the movie that I had just seen. Gotcha. And I was like, wow, that's a job. Yeah. I should do that. And so I started researching, trying to get some education. You know, I talked to some local voice actors in their own home studios, which, you know, even with the pandemic, having a home studio, I will say, not just being a good actor, having a decent home studio, which doesn't have to be complicated, is now number one, is definitely now a requirement. Because nowadays, studios, when they send me auditions, they give you the option you can record from home. Gotcha. Which is a, a blessing for some people because I know some people have certain health, you know, situations and they can't sure. work outside the home that and it's often. Just comfortable to work at home, right? Exactly. So. No bands on, mom. <laughs> but um, where was I going with this? Uh, you were watching a movie and then you saw. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for helping my brain for you. Um. Yeah, so I was watching, so I saw like these men and women in a recording studio and they were doing the characters. I was like, hey, that's a job. So, okay, that's what I was saying. So I was starting to talk with some local voice actors, you know, still doing research. I even bought like a decent, like, um, was that like a road podcaster microphone yeah. um, from road, you know, they had a good little, like little thing where it's like a USB microphone. Yep. And so I was doing some of my impressions and some of my voices in there. And as I was listening back at the time, it's like I said, it's around the high school days. I was like, man, my voices aren't as good as I thought they did. And so I got really like down on myself. And also with the feedback I got from these voice actors in the home studios. And that, that, at that time, again, this is like the early 2000s, you know, I was just like, oh. And then my family didn't want to uh, support certain educational elements that I wanted to do early on. Sure. Which I can understand why they would, you know, they would not want to, you know, pay for that. But at the same time, I was like, oh, man. So I kind of like gave up on it for like 10 years or so. Really? Yeah. And it wasn't until like really I started practicing uh, Nichiren Buddhism, where we chant Nambyoho Rengeikyo, which basically allows you to see the answers within yourself and basically solve any life problem that you have, you know, for wherever you're at. If it's money, it's career, it's whatever. So... At some point around 2015, you know, doing my Buddhist practice and really trying to think, okay, well, you know what? I'm going from job to job to job. What's going to make me happy? Right. So I literally sat down with myself. I wrote down as many things as I could that made me happy. And then every day I would reflect, you know, do some Buddhist chanting and, and then start crossing out the items and try and figure out, okay, which one of these is still needed in society? And basically it came down to uh, my creativity. And yeah. I'm like, okay, of all the creative things on this list, which is still needed? And then, um, you know, lo and behold, in around January 2016, a uh, voice acting uh, studio, you know, who would send people out to help teach a two-hour introduction to voiceover workshop, 
you know, came to Arizona. I'd taken one of those once before years ago, um, but it came back again. And after I took it, I was like, you know what? I may have fallen off the horse once, but I might get back on the horse again. Yeah. So I just got back into training, coaching, and all that. And so I think that's what really, ooh, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Microphones, kids. Um, and that's just really what got me more motivated in order to do voice acting, you know. Yeah. But granted, it still wasn't easy. You know, you, you know, in the beginning where you're still kind of like fresh behind the ears, as they say, you you have to go through like those hurdles. It's not easy. I mean, again, I could blather on about this one subject, but it's not like you can't make money right away. Right. You have to get those initial experiences, you know, acting, training, you know, and even also too, like the important thing in voiceovers is having a good demo that displays what you can do you know, for your clients, like you different know, ranges of different, your different ranges, different moods, you know, different levels, you know, of, you know, happy, sad, down, you know, it's, it's a very complex subject to really talk about or put into clear terms. Right. But just know that you're going to have to take your time if you decide to pursue a uh, voiceover. Yeah, no, I think it's, well, one, when I first started the podcast, everybody that I'd have on, yeah. I would ask them for a piece of advice for somebody listening that wants to chase a dream. And we're here right now, and we didn't mean to get there, but I'm going to ask right. you because I love when people take their passions and turn them into careers, and that's what you're doing. So, of course, what just because we're here right now, what's that one tidbit you would give to somebody as far as pursuing a dream? Yeah, just like you know, whatever. Like people are up, you were in that situation, you know, job hopping, trying to find mm-hmm. the right thing. Obviously, your Buddhist practices got you through that, but what was, you know, maybe right. something you could give somebody? Well, what I would say is that the main thing is to never give up because as you're pursuing your dream, life's going to throw obstacles at you yeah. no matter where you go. Yeah. You know, bills may come up and I'll distract you. You may go through a breakup and that will distract you. You know, you might go be going through some kind of deep depression and that may. Uh, you know, uh, you know, stop you from pursuing your dream. Right. Even people might say, Hey, you know what that dream you're doing? It's not going to get you anywhere. You're not going to make money. Right. What are you doing? Yep. Go, go back to, you know, go back to the nine to five, go ahead and go do this, go do that. And, you know, and so then some people be like, okay. Right. And they just follow along, but that's not what you do, you know? And there was like, I had those moments and, you know, I had moments where I felt like, shit, am I doing Ooh, can I cuss on the show? Oh, yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, I was like, shit. Um, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I just really going anywhere? Should I just go back to nine to five? And then it wasn't really until like 2017 that I made a decision to quit my last job, which was at a call center for Verizon, where I did tech support. And I'll just say after doing you know, like my first call center job, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do this again. Right. Didn't really like it. Wasn't really pleasant. Uh, definitely helped me see a perspective of what real customer service is. But um, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go do my own thing and so forth. And so I decided to get into doing the, you know, to the gig economy, you know, driving for Uber and Lyft and doing Instacart and any other job, like one day shift type jobs. And I started just doing that consistently. But even that brought up challenges too, because, oh, sure. that, because that meant prioritizing, prioritizing your time. Right. And, you know, being diligent about working and not slacking. And then, so I had even, that was like a whole nother ups and downs and adjustments, just doing that itself. 
And so I don't know, like so, but to bring it back to like your question, it's just like, there's a saying is remember why you started. Why are you doing this? Right. And like for me, my reason for doing voice acting is well, one, I didn't, I just didn't want to go back and continue repeating, you know, okay, quit the job, go to the next job, quit that job, go to the next job and be unhappy. I want to be happy doing what I love to do. Right. So I basically, you know, I'm doing voice acting for multiple reasons. I mean, yes, the money is good once you get going. Sure. I know I'm still building up my, you know, money making, you know, is getting better each and every year. But another reason is because like I was saying, I was in, I finally made, you know, one of many dreams is to be part of Cartoon Network. And now I am officially in this, this little show out of, you know, out of Africa. And, um, you know, because I've seen so many interviews and, and listened to so many podcasts of these voice actors that we know and love from the 80s, 90s, early 2000s that do the shows that we love, you right. know, from Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network and Disney and all that. And one of the things that these actors always said, especially when they go to Comic Cons and, you know, people come and get autographs from them, is that, you know, well, you know, people come up to my you know autograph table and they'll say, man, if it wasn't for you you know, I would have hurt myself. If it wasn't for you, me and my son would have not started communicating. If right. it wasn't for you, our family wouldn't get together on, you know, on Saturday evenings and, you know, watch that show that you did a character on. You know, it, it's, I mean, I could go on for all the examples that I've heard, but it, I just saw that how much like one or a couple projects that you do can it not only impact, uh, you know, the people in the recording booth, but it can impact millions without even knowing it because you, everybody's in a dark place. Right. So that's, I mean, I don't want to be like a, a ranting uh, little, little guy here, but um, yeah, that's, you got to love what you do and you just don't give up no matter what, because, you know, if it, if it's that important to you, you go through the crap, you make it happen. Yeah, no, I love it. It's a great message. It's it's one hundred percent the truth. Um, just keep pushing, and I like people that chase goals, um, especially uncommon ones. I think that right. makes people awesome because too many people, like you said, just fall into that nine to five trap of mm-hmm. just being average in life. Um, so you said uh, early on in your journey, your family wasn't super supportive of like the education needs that you know maybe what did you go to school for acting then did you end up going to school for acting or um taking oh, you this feels better um no as far as you know acting is concerned no i have multiple different ways i learned acting a lot of it was you know based on my own personal practices sure. you know i do my own personal projects by myself or with friends you know maybe for online or just in person um i've been involved in different theater like environments like i've been involved you know in some live theater where i've done like you know puppetry i've worked in the haunted house scene um just this earlier this year i worked my first season at the arizona renaissance festival as an actor there nice and um and then like again i said practicing on my own and just creating voices you know but granted you know with voiceover you don't want to just stick with one form of voiceover right in order to make you know a living you have to be willing to do like you know commercials or audiobooks or e-learning or podcasts or whatever it is out there to make money with it but then again everybody's journey through voiceover is different right you know but definitely if you're like i said earlier in our conversation if you're coming from a blank slate with no experiences whatsoever but you've been told hey you have a great voice or hey the impressions is great 
those people don't know what the industry is expecting out of you. All right. they know is that they love and care about you and they, and you made them smile, you know, for that brief moment. And that's a good thing. But if you don't have the experience, don't expect, you know, like if people ask me like, Hey, you can give me work. No, I can't. Cause you have no experience. Right. And that's hard pill to swallow for some people. So I'm just like, get the necessary training, you know, and then you will get there, but it's just going to take time. And, don't quit that nine to five job. Right. So, yeah. So what's that community like? I think of like, you know, like podcasters and, and football coaches, the two communities that I'm wrapped up in the most. Um, there's obviously people that are like, you know, go figure it out yourself. I did it myself. I'm not going to help anybody. But are there a lot? And you touched a little bit earlier on the people with the home studios and whatever. Mm -hmm. But What's that community aspect like in that space? Is there a lot of people willing to help or like, is there, you know, meetups or is there different events that you go to with other mm -hmm. voice actors to kind of perfect your craft? You know, like I go to coaching clinics, those kind of things. So what's that like for you? Uh, honestly, I mean, that's actually a great question. Not a lot of people ask that. Honestly, if you want to compare, like, say, the um, on-camera world or community versus the actual voiceover community, on camera, there are a lot of great, nice people in there, and they will help you, you know, every so often. But to be honest, ever since I got into the voiceover community and actually talking with other voice actors, the voiceover community is so friendly, so outgoing. It's a sure. real tight-knit community. It's a small community. But people are actually willing to help you, you right. know, I mean, not for free, granted, in certain circumstances. But yeah, the community is, is really great. I mean, for example, like in Arizona, I have a small Facebook group for voice actors called AZ Voice Actors Group, where, you know, every so often we meet online or in person and just get to know each other, build relationships, collaborate and all that. Yeah. And that definitely helps because this career can be a very lonely type of career. Sure. Because you're doing a lot of networking, marketing auditions all by yourself and you're stuck at home most of the time, especially with, like I said, at home, the home studios. And, um, you know, it's like, it helps to reach out, start communicating. So go join a couple of like Facebook groups or online groups, you know, join, get on a couple of like Zoom calls with people, you know, and even just like, say for example, there's also uh, voice acting conferences around the United States. Like the first one I went to is called VO Atlanta, um, which is voiceover Atlanta. And that's like one of the biggest in attendance at this, you know, where you get to network, meet, make new friends, get to learn some stuff. Right. Um, and even like, you know, I got to take like in 2019, when I first went, I got to take a workshop with, uh, Bob Bergen, who was actually the voice of Porky Pig for the last 30 plus years. Okay. And I got to be directed through a script by him. And that was just intimidating enough, but one thing I noticed was doing all that networking there. And even like I, I went to out of town workshop in 2018 with one of my coaches and in network with people is that people are so fun and friendly and they give you their tips and tricks and you give them yours. And I mean, I could go on and on, but really, I mean, don't be afraid to ask questions. Sure. Don't be afraid to, you know, tweet someone, message someone, call someone, because trust me, there's a lot of information that I know now that I wish I knew back in early 2000s when I, wanted, when I first got started. Right. And I always say if I had, if I learned what I know now back then, 
I probably would have been doing this full time already. Right. But, you know, life happens. For sure. You know, and that's just why I can say just really, yeah, don't be afraid to ask, you know, but to also be respectful too, because everybody is very busy. Right. And what's, uh, so like at those voiceover, the VO, ATL, or whatever, those conventions, what's that? kind of setup like you know like <clears throat> i'm just going to relate it to a coaching clinic because that's what i know best sure where different people are teaching on different topics whether it's you know team building or or obviously like you know scheme stuff but um what's what's it like at a voiceover can i i mean i'm sure there's obviously people trying to trying to help or or is there sessions that you can go to to maybe try to learn like a different style or maybe improve acting skills yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, every voice acting conference is going to be different, so I can't really give you exact specifications on what's going to be at which one. Right. But yeah, there'll be, you know, uh, Q&A panels where you could talk to maybe a casting director and they give you sure. their insight of how they choose this person over that person. Or maybe there's an acting panel. Like I said, I took an an animation, you know, uh, side workshop with Bob Bergen for three hours with me and like 10 other people, you know, which costs a little bit extra, but, right. you know, it was worth it to me because that's what I want to do. And right. I get the feedback that I need to hear, but they also have ones that are about the business side of voiceover, how to do marketing. You know, maybe they have a, a keynote speaker, um, you know, to present their perspective on their career and how to not give up. I mean, like I said, look up videos on VO Atlanta on YouTube and people have posted some of the keynote speakers, which have been amazing sure. um, to listen to. Um, but as far as like the setup, I mean, like I said, there's like I said, there's going to be like individual sessions. There's like some moments where we have like a little, like a big, huge lunch together. Some people actually leave outside the hotel that the, convent, the old conference is at and they have lunch together or dinner together or breakfast together. Right. Like I so said, you build friendships within this three, four days that you're at the conference. And then... You know, you connect with them afterwards. Like, and I still talk with a bunch of people I met in 2019 and 2018 um, and still work with them today. And in fact, you know, some of those people I'm still keeping in my back pocket because I know as I'm getting new, amazing projects down the line, I'm going to refer to them. And I mean, that's one key thing I want to get to as well is that when you, the, sorry, the most important thing you can do as a voice actor and even as a beginner is just network, network, network. Right. If it's online or if it's in person, because once these people or whoever you're connecting with get to know you and as you're evolving into your, your business, your career down the line, they might say, Hey Adam, or, you know, Hey Bennett, you know, we got this, project, you know, we wonder if you want to like, you know, be a part of it or, Hey, we, you know, we heard your demo that you got done last year. Um, my, one of my clients wants to bring you on for this commercial, you know, you'd be up for that. Right. And sometimes those are unexpected. I had one maybe, you know, like, uh, the other week where this one audio engineer in the studio of Nebraska, you know, contacted me and it's like, Hey, you know, one of my clients was to use you for this short little radio spot for this one little business. I can't talk about it at the moment cause it's right. still in editing process, but he just called me out of the blue. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I can definitely do it because here's the unique thing about technology. There's technology out there where you can literally record from your home studio. Right. It'll go through the internet to the audio engineer that, you know, that's recording it. And it'll sound as if you're in their studio. Yep. Granted you need a high speed internet connection. That's really strong, but I was able to do that. And now when I hear that, that little radio spot done, it's going to sound 
professional, right? You know, versus me having to fly to Nebraska to do it. Yeah, and that's one of the benefits of like the voiceover world since technology is really boomed, um, good and bad. Um, now that you can work from home, like I said, I was able to work do this Cartoon Network, you know, show from my home studio. Yeah, you know, and um, which is a good thing. Now it's opened up the love doors for a lot of people, which is great. But that means extra competition. So that just means you need to get that education sooner than later so that you can go head to hell with people that have been doing it longer than you. Interesting. Yeah. So like when you're, you talked about marketing and like marketing yourself, um, what's that look like for you? I mean, is there a place like, I know I'm aware of like voices.com or whatever that Mm -hmm. one is. Right. Is there several essentially marketplaces like that for someone like yourself to post demos? Yeah. I mean, I mean, voices, voices.com and other, they call pay to play sites. Those are great sites to, you know, get auditions sent to you without actually searching right for those companies or those producers that make the content that needs an audition for. Um, and that's, that is a great, it is a great way to get work. But here's one big thing about this pay to plays is that then they're a good resource, but at the same time, I've met other actors that have been doing it longer than me, and they had to do over a hundred auditions until they got one project. Right. And they're competing with maybe dozens or hundreds of other people for one, like if it's like a little commercial. And it's like if you don't have if your your audition is not good within the first like 10, 20 seconds, then whoever's listening is go, okay, next. Right. You know, and that could be Either because, oh, they have bad acting, they have their audio quality that's coming out of their mic is, is bad, is, is bad. Um, or whatever it is, is subtle little things. And that's why you got to get coaching so that they can tell you, hey, make sure you're doing ABC. And if you're doing ABC, you check all those boxes, then you have a better chance of getting the audition than others. But don't. Like, was it somebody said the other day, because there's an actor strike happening right now oh, there is. In, in Hollywood over, over, well, it was, it was the writers that was basically, you know, striking over how Hollywood wants to use AI to oh. do a lot of heavy lifting yeah. to not pay for, you know, these actors work even with residuals. But then SAG joined in as well with the writer strike. And that includes, you know, like I'm not part of a union, you know, at the moment, but I have, I have friends that are. And it's just like, you're just trying to fight for fair wages because a lot of these people you see, those well-known people, like, yeah, they get paid once, but you know, the residual checks they get are like 10 cents, yeah, 50 cents a dollar, you know? Um, and even also the behind the scenes people that you don't see on, on the camera, they get paid very little, right? very little, not fair compared to like the independent film community out here in Arizona, you know, or everywhere I should say. They pay everyone on the crew, including cast, fairly. Right. And that's all the strike is about. Voice actor that I saw online, you know, and others have said it, is that why should you have to pay for auditions? Right. Because, like, if you don't get the part, okay, then you, your money just got wasted. Right. And, you know, you know, with some of these websites, you know, they're, you know, they're like, there's low monthly, you know, fees to high monthly fees. You know, a lot of them come with benefits, which is, or which are, which is good. You know, like I said, there are people that I know that do make good money through pay to plays, but it's not everyone. Right. But they know what to do in order to get those successful auditions. But the vast majority of people that are just getting the voice or think that's what you got to do. No. Um, so don't rely on it. 
get good at uh, direct marketing, which is can be through, like I said, connecting with people through social media. Maybe it's email marketing. Maybe it's doing phone calls. Maybe it's going to networking events in person and online. Um, and then also to, you know, getting on um, like uh, voice actor casting lists at these, like say production facilities that maybe do commercials or commercial advertising and all that. Sure. You know, and they will just, they will, and you know, once they listen to your demo and demo is important, number one, right. you don't need it right away. But if you have a good demo and they're like, Oh yeah, we have this next commercial for this client that we're doing a commercial for, they'll send that audition to you for free. Right. And you don't have to pay anything. Like I'm on at least five or six different little rosters for some production companies. And a couple times a month or so, they send me auditions, no cost to me. And um, I do them and shoot, I save money. Right. So I mean, like I said, I'm not going to diss, like I said, if you want to do voices.com or any other pay to play site, go ahead. I would say if you would do any of them, the ones even I've been considering maybe to get back into is Bulldoggo. Bulldoggo. I think that's how you're probably. Bulldoggo. I may be mispronouncing it. Bulldoggo, um, which is also, was it like Mandy.com? Sometimes they put some, you know, good auditions on there. And there's another one that I'm, I'm blanking on. Um, but there's more reputable pay to plays that also pay fairly. Cause that's the thing right. is some of these jobs on these pay to plays are paying way below um, non union rates for right. some projects. Um, I mean, I don't really want to get on like too political with this just cause it is very heated topic within the community, sure. but just don't rely on it, but it doesn't hurt to try it, but right. don't think it's practice. That's one thing like I learned from another business coach online is that don't think be doing paid to plays and all that is your main way of, of marketing or practice, especially practice. You can do practice for free, you know, when you're at home, like you could, you know, find a script online. And then right. practice it out loud and maybe, or maybe record it with your equipment at home and then listen back to it and then see if you could have done that better. Right. That's free. Right. But don't pay for practice. Right. But I mean, that's like, it's, it's a, like a little can of worms there, but that's the gist to answer. Your no, question. that makes sense. Um, so you touched on AI because of the writer's strength mm -hmm. thing. I've heard AI do some pretty incredible things in the last couple months. Oh Yeah. Is that something that you're relatively concerned with? Um, yes and no. Um, I would say, you know, like AI, it, like, I mean, AI it definitely can help in different mediums. You know, like um, a lot of people are starting to use AI as far as like maybe like ChatGPT and all that. Sure. And other ones that are similar to maybe help with like their um, marketing. Right. You know, um, some use it for editing. I've had it write business emails for me, like on how right. to, you know. So I think it's good for like, it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, I always say it's like Batman, right? Batman has a bunch of tools on his tool belt. Right. You know, so AI is just a tool that you use every so often to help it make it a little bit easier process to accomplish whatever. But you shouldn't make it the whole thing because it means it's lack of effort. Right. You know, typing a couple sentences or a prompt and, you know, just it doing everything for you. I mean, yeah, it's going to save you time, which is important, but at the same time, what's, it defeats the purpose of learning and growing. You know, it's, I'm not saying people are going to become super or anything like that, but, you know, just use it, like I said, use it for simple things. Now, right. as far as like, if, if it really concerns me, I think, in, I mean, I have seen a lot of like websites where it can duplicate someone's voice fairly accurately, yeah. but here's the one thing a lot of voice actors have also said too, it can't duplicate the human soul. That's very true. And, and that energy that like what we're doing right now, us facing each other right now, talking this podcast, 
That's something that a, uh, a AI program cannot do. Can it sound very close to a normal conversation? Yes. Right. But it can't do like say like if you saw like it can't do what like Mark Hamill did for the Joker in Batman the animated series. It cannot do that. Right. It can maybe put on an, an essence of it. Right. But it can't put on that. It can't make those acting choices in the moment. Yeah. It can only do what it's told to do. Right. And that's what's so wild is like there's a couple uh, Joe Rogan AI podcasts. It's not affiliated with him. Mm-hmm. But they had like, I mean, I know one was like Donald Trump. And it was like, boy, if you just played a clip of this. You would have a lot of people believing that this was Joe Rogan and Donald Trump talking. Right. And it's just the computer. And then somebody came out with two. I'm sure you're familiar with Drake, the rapper. A little bit. Yeah. yeah I know yeah, Drake. Yeah. He, he, somebody came out with two or three Drake songs and they sounded just like him and like the verb, everything that he would, you know, if you listen to his music, it sounds similar. So that's why I, that was one of the things I wanted mm. to bring up today with you is because I, and I get what you're saying because of the soul in it but i have to imagine that lower level productions are just going to turn that way don't you think and maybe I possibly think, yeah yeah no I, here's all i'll say i mean it's like i mean here's one thing is we're not going as was one of my friends put it ai is here right we, we're not going to be able to like you know petition across it or sorry we're not going to be able to petition across the world to get rid of it right it's just going it's it's we're going to have to adapt to it just like you adapt know or die man you know was it like yeah it's just like when a lot of new technology came out years ago or like our tools came out was it somebody said oh like oh they're like oh they're taking our jobs we're doing this we're doing this. um but then eventually we're like hey, we're used to it right you know so eventually ai is going to be integrated but I think now it's just finding out, okay, what's the balance use? Yep. You know, I even asked ChatGPT um, last year, I'm like, do you think humans will you know, like completely rely on AI or become stupid because of AI? You know, just being solely dependent on making it, doing the thinking. Right. And it said it's possible, but humans should really focus on doing things that are good for the brain. I mean, I'm giving a shorter statement than I actually wrote, but it once it says we should really, us as humans should focus on stuff that educate us, really empower us. Like, you know, doing activities are good for our brains, bodies, and all that. And give me like examples of what we should do, you know, and, and AI should only be used, like I've been saying, like as a tool, an assistant, you know, to help during certain things or to pivot some things. And so yeah. this is AI telling me this, right? It like, that's why it's, it's view. Um, I know we're saying it's a person, yeah. um, but that's, that's the truth. It should just be used as a tool. I mean, we don't want to be like, um, you know, like the movie Wally, you know, if yeah. you're different Disney, they basically pictured like if people were so obsessed over technology, they would, you know, they would be like, you know, like overweight, they would not want to do anything. And technology is like brushing their teeth, wiping, you know, wiping their face, feeding food and all that. And that means it's a pun, but it's kind of true. Is like if we don't continue doing stuff manually, then eventually we're just gonna be just like immobile, right? Kind of thing. But well, and I'm sure there's people that'll be there. I mean, especially if you look at like what the metaverse or with the mm-hmm. Oculus, right? Like people spend a lot of time in those essentially fake universes, right? You can spend real money to buy the life you don't have, or you know, mm-hmm. a yacht, or I mean. You can get metaverse jobs, apparently. Like, it's just all so crazy to me. So I think, like, you're right that they're, mm-hmm. to some extent, those puns will become real. Because the the other, the reason I personally feel like podcasts are, are a thing is because 
there's so many people in the world that don't know how to or don't like to have conversations. Right. So they live through conversations. And we're seeing mm-hmm. this boom of podcasts right now. I happen to be a part of it, right? But um, I think that in the same sense, you said you, you have to use it for good. And I think there is, I mean, I know of kids because I coach high school football. You oh, could, nice. You could take... They've used ChatGPT for oh yeah I've heard for school mm-hmm. you know like uh, write a five page essay on the Revolutionary War in the eyes of an eleventh grader with a C plus average oh god and it spits out and it's pretty so- like it's mm-hmm. it's solid it would look I mean it fools it fools people I saw videos of a teacher yelling at their students like you use ChatGPT mm-hmm. you know it was like like ninety percent of the class or eighty percent of the class used it. And they're getting like chastised by the teacher. Right. So I'm just like, and I get it. You know, I don't like doing papers either, but it's just no. like, I don't know. But you know, but kids these days are pretty smart, especially the newer generation of kids. They know how to get around that stuff. Oh, for sure. I'm, yeah. They could change it yeah. here or there and they never, but I mean, I don't know when you went to high school, I was in high school in the 2010s. Uh, we had, well, I graduated mm-hmm. in 2010. So early 2000s. Um, but there was a website and I can't, I'm blanking on it now. Um, hmm. Cliff Notes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it would be shortened version. Yeah, you. Oh, what happened in chap- chapter six? And then you would go, and then they. Oh, okay. So then you could at least go to class and have talking right. points, right? Uh, it never did you good on the test, but it's it's just so crazy to see that technology. And that's where it can be helpful, you know. Like, right. like some people, like you know, if you want to make like blog articles, some people, you know, what they can like here, like they'll maybe they'll here for here's a good example. Like I use this. The other day, just very simple thing, just to see how it worked. I wrote out a general email and then I asked it to, you know, here's clean up a little bit, you know, check the grammar, make sure it's like this. And within a, in about a minute, it cleaned it up. It looked a little, little bit more professional. And I think I'll say that's what I'm saying. AI is, is, it can be like, you know, like a good editor, you know, like, right. a, like a second person to look at it. And yeah, for the lower, you know, um, um, level people that are trying to do, you know, do this on a low budget kind of thing. I mean, like as far as like voices go, I mean, I think that's fine. I mean, if you, if you, at the moment, if you can't afford like, you know, to, you know, hire a voice actor at fair rates. Right. And you're just trying to create your own fun stuff. That's cool. But if you want to get to the point of, let's say you're creating your own animation studio, right? Right. You don't want to rely on AI for every project for sure if you want to get well known as animation studio if you want to compete with nickelodeon you're going to need to do your own thing right you know um but use those beginning days with maybe ai and eventually once you start getting money and a team together boom right yeah i think yeah i think you have to use it for good i'm with you um as we get to winding down here i appreciate your time and conscious of of it um what what is, you know, what's kind of the next step? Like you're at, you're at Cartoon mm-hmm. Network now, which is a huge thing, obviously, for you personally and obviously inside the industry. But what what's uh, maybe a goal or maybe what are you looking to do next in, in the voice acting career of yourself? Well, of course, I want to continue, you know, getting more projects in the mainstream media right. when it comes to like cartoon, more Cartoon Network shows, hopefully get on Disney one day or yeah. Nickelodeon. Um, also, you know, I've been focusing on getting into like, you know, the video game spectrum sure. as well, too, because there's certain games I want to play. Like, was it Brawl Stars? I don't know if you heard of that one. Mm-hmm. It's a very fun, you know, um, 
role like role playing game where you get to play the, like these little characters against uh, other people online. Each character has their own like abilities. Very like cartoony, but it has a big you know big fan base. Sure. But each character has like six or eight lines that like that you know go off when you do certain actions as sure. you're fighting other people. And I was like, oh, I want to do that one, you know, kind yeah. of thing, like these role-playing games. So it's definitely a focus. But also, too, just like you, um, your team, I also have a podcast called Just Say Hello. It's on uh, all podcast platforms where it's basically me and other voice actors riffing, playing around, improvising, like these made-up scenes. But also since I've been starting season two, I've uh, been incorporating some interview-like elements along yeah. with these you know, little skits, which I also edit in and like sound effects and music and all that cool. to really paint the picture. So yeah, it's called just say hello. And I mean, if you want like a direct link, I mean, there is one on my website, which again is www.adambullockvo.com. And if you want to find me on social media, it's pretty much at Adam Bullock VO. Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much. It's uh, exciting. It's going to be exciting to keep up with you. I'm glad we were able to connect. Uh, power of LinkedIn always uh, works out. I don't even know right. how I came across you. Oh. And then, yeah, here we are sitting across from each other. So I appreciate it. Um, appreciate you all listening at home. Please continue to like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again. Rate five stars. Be good, everybody. Peace. Guys, it's only green the way you want it. It's only good.